Hello, hello. Welcome to the Chocolate Bar, our lives, our strength, our time. I'm Bree. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, we have a great conversation on deck today. This is someone that I um, really, really, really am interested in talking to and learning more about. So let's get started. So if our guest would be so kind as to tell us who she is and what she does. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Andrea Thompson, and I am a strong woman. Yes, you are. But so much more than that. Um, you've, you know, won a little award here or there. So can you share some of that with us? Oh, I'm so modest. Um, so I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also a world record holder. I hold the current uh, log record uh, for 135 kilos. Um, uh, the deadlift record, which is 290 kilos, and the elephant bar deadlift at 282, which I got at the Arnold last year. And congratulations. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, um, well, first of all, um, where, where are you from? Where are you, where are you currently now? So I'm in the UK. Um, mm -hmm. I live uh, about an hour away from London, so I'm right on the East Coast. I'm miles away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Peace and quiet, hopefully. <laughs> it is lovely. It's lovely and green, very nice and green where I live. Awesome. And then outside of um, being a strong woman, do you, are you, is that like your full-time gig or do you have another, another gig that you have? Part-time um, as an assessor for a college. So I work with teenagers, um, getting them ready for um work basically so I go from mm -hmm. from high school to to work industry um I'm also a mum to two beautiful girls they're nine and twelve um uh so yeah the, the strong woman is a is a part-time slash full-time hobby okay so it's um, not like you have a lot going on no I'm you know <laughs> just in my spare time <laughs> that's awesome so um I'd love to hear more about what your relationship was like with like movement and sports and, and um, fitness when you were a wee girl? Um, so sport wasn't really a big thing. I, I was never really encouraged. I was just an average child. I was overweight, but I wouldn't say uh, like, you know, scarily overweight. I just wasn't mm -hmm. an average child. I come from a big family and my mum, all the women in my family are, are big women. So it was just, I was destined to be big. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so Coming into probably high school, uh, it's when, uh, you know, physical education was a little bit more um, involved. I discovered athletics, uh, but the field-based events. So I, I hated running. I've always hated mm -hmm. running. It's never been a thing that I've tried to do, enjoyed doing, refused to do. Mm -hmm. um, so athletics was almost the field event. So javelin and shot put. Um, I represented the school. Um, and got some records for the school um, in our county and then after school again uh, you know any kind of uh, fitness thing just wasn't really my thing mm -hmm. um, I just got on with life uh, and it was only when I think I started to see my boyfriend slash husband slash ex slash 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 so that's kind of just when I kind of started to think about fitness a little bit more. And that was just going to the gym or paying for mm -hmm. gym membership that I never used. You know, I was one of those kind of people. Yes, been there. Um, and so between that and then having children and it, uh, when I'd had my youngest, I'd had her and was getting married within nine months. So I mm -hmm. needed to lose like four stone. Um, that's when the fitness kind of really kicked in. 
So I was never re- I was an active child, but never mm-hmm. interested in act you know fitness activities. Um, you mm-hmm. know, unless it was forced upon me. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, it was just as I kind of thought about myself a little bit more as a as a an adult, as you know, seeing how my body changed after having children. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously the pressure of getting married. I wanted to look good in my dress. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it was just kind of that, that it, you know, the the thought process of looking after my health. And again, because my family are diabetic, there's heart conditions, there's high blood pressure, the obesity. And I was like, someone has to cut this chain off at right, some point, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to end up how my relatives had been. So... Okay. What was your relationship with um what was your relationship like with your your body and the way you saw yourself? I think so often, you know, when you don't fit the standard and we all know what the standard is, <laughs> it's typically not us. Um, you know, that that can can wreak havoc sometimes on on a young woman who's growing up. So what was your relationship like with um your body? Um so being uh one of the very few brown kids um where i mm-hmm. lived i stood out anyway mm-hmm. so being a brown kid and being larger than the average i did get a lot of attention so it was as i was coming into my teens that i realized actually i've got a body that nobody else around here has got and mm-hmm. i used it to my advantage as, as a teenager mm-hmm. um you know i'd got the big hips a big butt at the time I'd got big boobs, um, they've gone now. So <laughs> I, I kind of use that as my, as you know, to my advantage. And then at some point I realized actually that all of my girlfriends were really tiny and mm-hmm. I was always the big girl. Um, and that was kind of late teens, I think, um, mm-hmm. that I guess is the pressure of being sort of a teen slash adult. Right. You know, it, it was at that kind of stage that I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm actually bigger than everybody else. And then I start to look back on photos and think, oh my God, I've always been big. I've always been fat. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but now I'm like, I, I wasn't always fat and big. I was bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but it's how I saw myself then to how I see myself now back then, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. It's very strange. Um, but as a, it, then once I'd kind of had the children that's when I really started to hate what I saw mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. didn't like the way my body changed I said my, my boobs disappeared after feeding my children and then exercise they've kind of turned into pecs nowadays mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so my body has changed so much um I love it now I do love it now mm-hmm. but it, it took a long process to kind of see the changes like what I see, embrace it and realize what my body can do and, mm-hmm. and then love myself again. So, hmm. and so did you find strong woman or did it find you? Um, I found strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did CrossFit for a year or two. Uh, really? Yeah, I did CrossFit. Okay. That was uh, another one of these phases I was going through like I'm just trying everything I just I just wanted to do an I knew I wanted to exercise right but the only exercise that I was ever aware of was running or the gym you know I mm-hmm. never really saw an in-between so it was a right. local CrossFit class that had just opened and my sister and I had joined together um and I enjoyed that because we had like-minded people we, we went about 10 mm-hmm. in the morning so it was mums just 
you know, drop the kids to school. We're all the same kind of people. Right. And that involved conditioning as well as strengths. And, and I really excelled in the strength side. And it was uh, one of the coaches that said, you know, Angie, you're crazy strong. You know, I started mm-hmm. to train with some of the, the army guys that used to come in. Uh, they soon stopped training with me because I was outlifting them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I then after she kind of set a seed to me and said, you know, you should go and try and find some sort of strength uh, competitions. I think you'd be really good at it. So I just literally Googled mm-hmm. strength um, competitions and found strong women. So I'd never mm-hmm. heard of strong women before I, I kind of had the idea that, sh- that it was on the tv around christmas right. and the guys did it never followed it before then didn't know who anybody was mm-hmm. um let alone women doing it as well right and then from there i just just dived in head first <laughs> wow wow so did you like did you find a strong woman gym or like how did you even get started uh, so in my Google search, um, so after, first of all, I, I Googled this competition, found this competition that was nearby and it was Britain's mm-hmm. Strongest Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a, uh, just a, you know, you kind of just enter it, pay your fee. And I did right. that, but I had no idea what I was doing. All I knew was that I could deadlift really well and I could squat really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a log, there was um, Atlas stones, there was farmers, a yoke. I'd never done or seen or heard of any of those things, but I still entered myself into this competition thinking, mm-hmm. it's fine, I'll just wing it. However, I'll just wing <laughs> Then I thought, I kind of need somebody to help me with this. And then I found um, a coach who was nearby uh, who had a couple of other women that were, that were running during the same competition. Mm-hmm. And I just went with him and I was with him for a good three years. Oh, okay. Um, just trained with him uh, in his gym. And, you know, he taught me a lot. He was an Olympic lifting coach previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he kind of sought some advice from from other pe- other coaches to kind of help me because I was not the same as the other two girls that he'd got. I was, like, mm-hmm. flying. And, I again, I'm still really naive and don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing the things because people are telling me to do them. Right. Um, and in my first I had to this so this competition was within six weeks I had no competition experience and I was encouraged to do a local competition mm-hmm. which I won and then two, four weeks later I then came third in Britain mm-hmm. after six weeks of training so wow. from then on I was like oh I'm good at this I, I can do this <laughs> what was the moment like that moment where you realized it hit you that like yeah this is my thing it wasn't until um, probably about 18 months. Um, I'd been invited to the first World Strongest Woman that was held in the UK. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the first uh, one that I think we'd, we'd had for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I was still crossfitting. In, you know, I was still doing crossfit as well as the strong woman stuff. Um, right. And when I was winning sort of all the local competitions uh, throughout the year, then went to World Strongest Woman and I came eighth. And I mm-hmm. did not like that feeling at all. And I was like, <laughs> I need to do better at this. And I, I th- that's right. kind of what set the competitive side of me. Never mm-hmm. really been that competitive before. Um, but seeing what all these other girls were doing and knowing, and it was more nerves, I think. A lot of the mm-hmm. events I messed up because I was so nervous. There was, there was an audience, there were people, there were massive women. And I was really, I'd say massive, that's really bad. 
Um, <laughs> but they were big women. And right. I was still quite small, you know, coming from CrossFit, I was still quite small yeah. compared to the rest of them. And being five foot five, I'm still one of the shortest strong women out there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, it was very, very intimidating. But I knew I didn't want to come eighth anymore, ever. Right. Um, so with that, I just just did all the things I did a lot of research I started following people obviously social media was starting to pick up at that point Mm -hmm. um I traveled to a few gyms and started meeting new people getting advice and training on lots of different equipment because I'd obviously been training on one set of equipment and then you go to a competition and their equipment is completely different to what you're used to right so I just started to, to do all that mixing things up and uh eating a lot more and then I got Mm -hmm. very big Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess helped. Um, so yeah, that was it. Was it? That was just I'd say after World Strongest Woman, about eighteen months after I started competing, that's wow. that's when I thought this is going to be more than just getting fit and and enjoying right. exercise. <laughs> right. How did becoming um, or, or starting to compete in strong women? How did that affect or change the way that you saw yourself? Um. I became a lot more confident Mm -hmm. um, just in my ability and thinking, you know, I'm I'm doing these crazy things. And um, because nobody, especially locally, um, had any idea that strong women was a thing. So I was like the star of my whole county, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just loved the attention that I was getting from that. But I think... Looking back now, um, I was going through a, like a bit of a relation, relationship um, after I got married, mm-hmm. um, and I think I then used that as a shield. I was protecting myself. I was throwing myself into something which I was really mm-hmm. good at, and I knew that I could do it. So it, you right. know, it wasn't like I was forcing it or anything, uh, but just. I was proud. I was finally. I was getting proud of myself, and I'd never really mm-hmm. achieved anything that I thought was anything worthwhile. Right. right. Um, you know, and it opened up new opportunities for me. It enabled me to travel and meet new people. And it was exciting. It's just exciting. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I think one of the things that, um, you know, that's glaringly obvious in a lot of strength sports, um, you know, whether it's strong women or CrossFit or Olympic lifting is that, um, there aren't really a whole lot of black and brown people doing them yet. <laughs> um, and I'm curious, what advice would you have for, you know, someone listening to this podcast, whether it's a young woman or, you know, anyone, a mom, anyone who sees us and is like, this is intriguing. I wonder if I could do this. But they're intimidated because they don't see anyone that looks like them. Um, what advice would you have for them to get started to sort of move past that? Um, see, that's tricky because I only kind of took notice of that uh, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I, I paid no attention to the fact that I was a different colour to anybody else. Mm-hmm. It was only brought to me um, one, I think it was the Arnold before last. Mm-hmm. And it was Monica, who you've you've had on, on here before. Yes. She was like following me and she was like, you know, I just want to, hey, Monica. <laughs> um it was her that kind of enlightened me and you know she was like I just want to thank you you're the only black woman especially you know at the pro status in right. in the, within the sport and just it's kind of opened up doors 
and I was like oh my god you're right I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't notice that I didn't think of that before and then I started to realize actually within powerlifting and you know other sports there isn't at all right. so my advice would be just go and do what you want to do you know there's mm-hmm. not anything that stopped us from doing anything before apart from people talking and you, right. you just have to get past people talking about you just go in there go to the gym focus on yourself um you know do your own shit no but i mm-hmm. don't listen to what anyone else is saying um and a lot of the time when i find that people are staring at me because i get stared at quite a lot in the gym mm-hmm. um is that they're admiring you right it's an admiration um especially women because a lot of people don't see women lifting mm-hmm. crazy things right um the whole color thing it really does uh what's the word it confuses me because I've not been in a situation too much where I mm-hmm. felt that my colour was an issue mm-hmm. um, until I'd been to <laughs> until I was going international uh, and coming, you know, stateside. And then I was like, "Welcome to the USA." Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very obvious when you go yeah. over there, and it's quite it's scary actually. Mm-hmm. It was quite scary because, I, like I said, I've not really experienced anything like that over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's your comment that you get from idiots in the street or, you know, right. at high school, people just don't, you know, just don't want to say. Right. But coming over there, the most obvious thing for me was that it was a, the, the Arnold one year and I had won an event very, uh, very clearly. I'd won an event. I was miles ahead of everybody else. Right. And on the social media of one of the particular um, organisers showed somebody else, the popular, the popular girl. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Um, I won the event. Why the hell are you not showing me? But because she, I mean, I, I love her to pieces. You know, she's a really great girl. But right. because she looks like every other person mm-hmm. who's going to look great on stage with lovely blonde hair and, um, you know, she's the, yeah. the popular one. And I was like, right. what do I have to do right. to stand out in front of these people? I'm doing everything and more. And it was at that point I thought, do you know what? This is going to be harder than I thought. (laughs) Breaking, breaking in America. I thought this is going to be a lot harder. CrossFit is good for that too. They they show the second place person if the first place person is a black person. Yeah. That's another topic for another podcast. It's fairly scary Um, and it's it's actually quite upsetting, you know, again, because I've not had that kind of um, experience over here to see that when I, when I was like on a high I was like, yeah, I've done really good. And even even some of the people were commenting saying when I didn't Andrew win this event and they actually deleted those comments. <laughs> I was like, what do I have to do? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. So how do you how do you, you know, how do you work around that when you're thinking about you're training so hard, you're doing everything that you can do, you're going in and beasting out these competitions, and then you you see that and it's like, ugh. I imagine, you know, it, it could potentially take a toll on you sometimes. How do you, um, how do you manage that frustration? It does take a toll, for, mm-hmm. and it's, but it's only temporary because I realise that I'm not doing this for everybody else. I'm doing it for me. Right. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got people who matter to me and I know that they're mm-hmm. proud of me and that they put me on a pedestal and that they will show who I am. Right. But the people who are doing this, aren't anybody that's of any importance to me right however that that feeling takes a lot of growing to do 
Yeah. You know, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just, you know, it's not just given to you. It takes a lot of growth and a lot of upset and disappointment and um, rejection, I suppose, to mm. enable myself to grow and think, do you know what? If you want to show second place, third place, and not the first place because she's black, that's your right. problem. You are the one with the problem, not me. Yeah, and you still got the medal, so. Exactly. No one can take that away from me. No one can take those things away from me. Um, you know, I know what I've done. The people that mm -hmm. matter to me know what I've done. You know, and again, it, I can say that, but at the time when it, it's going to happen again, it's going to happen again, and I will still feel upset, yeah. disappointed, rejected. But then, you can't yeah, be take a step. So it's, yeah, it's like when you're in the moment, it's hard to, you know, remember those things. Yeah. So, um, well, we're all proud of you, girls. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, of that, and, and, and sort of having that support, what is your, what do your family and friends think about, um, you know, kind of where you are in this Solomon journey now? Um, still very mixed uh, feelings, <laughs> actually. After all this time. Um, my, my parents are still very proud. Um, my, you know, my dad, especially, he talks about me all the time. My, my grandparents, mm -hmm. um, get all the papers because I'm in the paper probably like every couple of months they've got scrapbooks. Um, Aww. they, you know, they're all very proud. My children are bored of hearing about it. <laughs> they, they used to come to the they gym with me. Oh my goodness. I get my eldest daughter. She, um, if I get stopped in the street and we're out together, she rolls her rushes off. Oh, I know God. she's like, oh, oh for God's sake, not again. <laughs> Mom, can we just, not just again. go? So I've now started to use the, I'm sorry, but the children need to go to the toilet. I'm really, you know, thank right, nice right. to me. <laughs> so, um, I kind of started to use that excuse. My, my relationship has not survived. Um, mm. you know, my husband and I have separated mm -hmm. and it's been a bit of a struggle. I think since I started the sport, I think mm -hmm. because I then, I was focusing on myself for once right. rather than being a mom, being a wife, being a house, yeah. you know, you know, running the house. It mm -hmm. was all of a sudden I had my, my attention was taken elsewhere. And admittedly, right. you know, when I'm, when I've got a competition, my mind is a hundred percent focused on training yeah. and eating. You gotta be, you've got to be. Um, and over time he kind of dealt with it. Mm -hmm. but didn't like it and that attitude and that behavior got worse um and then mm -hmm. i started to resent him for that you know for not right. supporting me he never came to any he came to two competitions in my whole career mm. and they're very local ones he's yeah. never been abroad with me so i was like it got to the point where i was like you know what i've done this by myself right. you you are here as my husband is supposed to support me Mm -hmm. I've done it myself. I've traveled halfway across the world by myself, competed by myself and got home by myself. Right. Um, now, some people say that I'm actually quite selfish in saying that because, you know, he's at home looking after the children and is, you know, doing whatever he does. But I really needed him there. I yeah. needed, you know, I needed him there. I needed that support from him. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so that it didn't survive. Um, and it took till the pandemic kind of <laughs> to realize that we don't like being around each other. So, so yeah, that, that didn't survive. But everybody else, like my colleagues, um, enjoy it. I get a few comments from sort of outside of my circle who make silly, you know, male male comments is what it is mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. um which i just put down to jealousy so yeah yeah you know it's a really interesting, um, um point that you brought up so i think 
you know, oftentimes, like you said, for a lot of women who, you know, end up getting into these different um, sports, it, it, it is the first time that they've decided to really sort of start to focus on themselves and prioritize their needs and what they want and, you know, how they're going to achieve what they want to do. And it, it can certainly affect, you know, friendships, relationships, whether they're, you know, romantic relationships or even, you know, family parental relationships, you know, for someone who is struggling with that, right? Um, what advice would you have or would you give them kind of, you know, where you are on this side now in terms of, you know, whether it's dating or just trying to manage the training that they're trying to do with, you know, everything else? What advice would you give them? Um, you kind of need to obviously focus on yourself and focus on your goals, but mm-hmm. also just try and get them, or not try and get them, try and meet your partner in the middle. Right. And if they're not willing to meet you in the middle, then you need to reconsider what mm-hmm. you know what it is that you know you need to work out the balance in your life so whether you are going to go down the route of your goals or it doesn't matter what it, it could be strength goals it could be work goals it could be you know life goals if they're not willing to meet you in the middle and that ultimately is what a partnership is is to is compromise right. my wasn't you know the compromise wasn't on both sides unfortunately so mm-hmm. you know something had to give and it was him <laughs> um but i would just it's difficult because when you're in the moment you just or your only focus is you and it's only when you come out the other side that you think "Hmm, maybe I should have done this maybe I should have thought about that but just communicating Mm -hmm. talking to your partner and you know asking for advice or try and get them involved if they're not if they're not interested um you know ask what you can do to kind of get them working with you um you know, and show obviously equal interest in anything that they've got going on as well. I think that's always a good right. balance. And I think sometimes the, the struggle too is, you know, again, for, you know, a lot of, of women who weren't necessarily raised or socialized to do this is asking for what we need, right? Um, you know, it's kind of, it, you have to communicate, but you also have to know what it is that you are, are wanting from this person. So how do you, how do you go about, you know, or, or let's even say somewhere down around the road, who knows what happens? You have to, you know, you're asking for what it is that you need and support from your partner. How do you go about doing that? Oh, that is a toughie because yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm at the point where I knew that I'd asked for a lot of support and I there were things that I wanted, things I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just wasn't met. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so it, it's difficult for me to kind of give that kind of advice because I'm now at the resenting stage and it's whatever I say is going to be quite negative um so the communication thing is just key and I think yeah. you I think it just depends who the other person is you know if they're mm-hmm. if they're willing to be your number one fan you know to be your guide to be the shoulder to cry on to be you know the one that's there at four in the morning when you're the other side of the world to talk to Mm -hmm. you know that's that's fantastic and you think you need to you just need to just need to be close to somebody right right how do you balance the momming with the training because you know i imagine that i mean i have i have one (laughs) and and he is a lot of work (laughs) so I'm, i'm i'm sure that having to you know um parent two kids is is not easy so how do you maintain that balance between like you again making sure that you get what you need and that you have the time to to train adequately and be there for them too 
Um, well, thankfully, my I work part time, so I do two and a half days a week, and the hours are very okay. flexible. So as long as I get my hours in and my students' needs are met, then mm-hmm. you know it's all good. So I usually train when the girls are at school. Oh. Uh, so having them at home homeschooling for the last year has been a nightmare. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Um, Yes, it, it is difficult, and uh, especially the year that I won World Strongest Woman, so 2018, that year mm-hmm. was just a blur. When I got to the end of the year and I'd stopped competing and, and kind of hung my belt up for a while, I realised that I had not been there mm. as a mum. The things that I, th- I thought I should have been doing, I was there in body, but I wasn't there. In, oh, no, I didn't do the reading at bedtime. I didn't help with right. homework because I was either at the gym eating or asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, or working and then going to the gym, eating and sleeping. So I, I did rely on, on my husband a lot of the time and just rely on the girls to just to understand uh, right. what it was I was doing because they, they came to one competition and they've been to the gym with me a few times. So they knew mm-hmm. why I was doing what I was doing. They right. saw it. Uh, so it is tough. But now that the girls are a little bit older... Um, and I say, you know, they, they, when they're at school, I go to the gym and I'm home and I do the housework and no one even knows that I've been at the house. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really, really uh, grateful that I have that kind of opportunity. Yeah. But I know that, you know, there are women that work full time and they have to juggle home, right. home life, work and gym. So right. I take my hats off to them. Awesome. So where are you right now? Are you, are you, is there an off season for strong women? Are you getting ready for competition? What, what is, what are things looking like for you right now? Well, thanks to COVID, we've, uh, we've been forced into an, a long off season, which, right. do you know, I think seeing what you guys are doing, it's almost like COVID hasn't even existed. There are competitions happening. People oh, are training in the gym. <laughs> like, oh, we've been, this is our third lockdown. So we're almost at wow. the end of our third lockdown. Uh, so this is the longest time that we've been kind of home based Um, Mm -hmm. so I think the gyms are due to open outside training in about three weeks time okay so at the moment so I'm in off season Uh, Mm -hmm. so the last competition I did was Arnold last year last March I was going to say it was almost this time of the year right? yeah so but in between that I've obviously done the two other world records um, with the world ultimate strongman guys they were brilliant Mm -hmm. That was training that was in a, it was so cool. That was training in a friend's garage gym. Uh, uh-huh. So the gym was like seven foot by 10 foot. Wow. And I did my training for two world records in that, those conditions. And it was hot as hit. We had quite a hot summer last year as well. So it was mm-hmm. really, really hot. Um, so now at the moment I'm training in a barn. Uh, a friend of mine has a, lives on a farm and has been converting this barn into a, personal training space so they've enabled me to take over that which has been great because there's a lot of room to run around in um it's amazing how creative people have been forced to get with with, you know sort of figuring out their their training situations i've just heard some amazing things along those same lines yeah i'm very jealous of some of these some of the setups (laughs) that i've seen because i don't have the space to do at home but you know thankfully that these guys have been really supportive so the next competition i'm due to have i think is september mm-hmm. um and again that's not nothing set in stone you know the arnold isn't set in stone because that got moved to maybe october september, right october. um and then you've got world's strongest woman which i'm not sure if i'm going to do this year mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. so september really is my next 
Okay. Yes, so what is it? What would a, I hate to use the word typical because I don't think there's such an animal anymore, but what is a typical week of training look like for you now? Uh, so I work on a Monday, Tuesday, and then a half day Wednesday. So I'll go to the gym mon- Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I would train Thursday, Friday, um, and possibly Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because at the moment, obviously, with you know, I was I was lifting quite heavy, right? But it was really cold here, and we were having yeah. snow inside the gym. Oh wow! Uh, so I was struggling to lift the numbers that I, you know, that my coach Loz was giving me at the time, and it was getting quite upsetting because I was obviously I've been dieting as well since May. Mm-hmm. Um, so cold conditions, being in a calorie deficit, and not being yeah, able to lift. <laughs> no, so it's been switched up now, and I'm doing the CrossFit Opens as well. Oh really? Yeah, I signed myself up for that, so that's another little challenge for me. How's that been going? Oh. <laughs> Well, the first one is handstand uh, wall walk. So you kind of have to walk back. And I don't like being upside down. So I did uh-huh. one. I did one <laughs> and then skipped the rest of it. Uh-huh. Um, and then today I did 21.2, which was dumbbell snatches into burpee over box jump thingies. Oh, uh, and then after that, I actually do my normal strength session. So mm-hmm. I, I have a double session on a on the last day of the so week. So when you're doing those those types of workouts, are you considering that like cardio or is that part of your programming? Like for like, how do you factor that in? Well, the thing is, since I have been on this um, weight loss or even not even a weight loss, I'm not calling it weight loss, I'm not calling it a diet, it's a fat loss journey. Okay. Uh, because every time I say I'm on a diet, then I start to binge and I start yeah. to freak out about food. So I, it's just, right. just a fat loss. Um, so I think to speed it up, I was then adding about a 10 minute conditioning at the end of each, each, each session. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once the CrossFit opens was announced, I was like, actually, this could be a, an extra thing. Yeah. Because again, you know, the gyms, the, the, the main gyms aren't open. There aren't any competitions. I don't need to be strong right now. Um, and with all the other drama going on in my life, it was just another focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I'm just I'm enjoying it. I'm not calling it cardio it's conditioning right. um so these these coping mechanisms <laughs> yeah, I hear you. um and I, I'm hoping that you know once I do start training heavy again the, the transition uh from fitness to strength will combine really nicely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because one thing I did notice when I was competing is that I'm I gas out very quickly when it comes to the moving events and uh carrying mm-hmm. so just uh just to try and increase my yeah. stamina really yeah so i'm always curious about this um when i'm talking to people that compete in strong men or strong women so when you're training like you're you know whether it's just you know, off season or on season or whatever like obviously you're lifting like you're squatting you're deadlifting but are you actually training like doing the actual events as well or does that come like later uh, not at the moment. So, okay. um, you know, I've got very soft hands right now from where <laughs> I haven't, <laughs> my calluses have all kind of gone. I've got really nice right. soft, baby soft skin again. Um, so no, I haven't really been training any events at all. I did, um, get some equipment and put it in the gym. I think I lifted the, a frame, had a frame hold for a few mm-hmm. seconds and that was just for grip strength. 
Right. Uh, and I have a sandbag that I just pick up every so often when I feel like I haven't picked it up for ages. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I nothing's been programmed. I even I went a bit rogue the other week actually, and <laughs> wanted to pick up uh, the log. Um, but I've lost a lot of strength. So it yeah. didn't go very well. <laughs> it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just basics. A lot of um, kind of like bodybuilding yeah. style training with, with the main deadlift, overhead pressing and squatting is involved as well. So, Yeah. So one of the other things I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about, I think um, what's been really hard for, you know, again, people that are, you know, doing this, um, whatever their their strength sport is, is, you know, a losing access to sometimes a you know complete gym and not maybe having the same level of workout equipment at home and also losing strength. Um, and you know I think you know not only physically but mentally you know that can be pretty devastating for someone who's you know an athlete or used to seeing themselves a certain way and being able to lift a certain amount and all of that. How do you? How would you? You know, give someone um, advice on how to kind of cope with that. Ah. Uh. I think what you need to do is shift your focus or shift your goal to something else for a while because mm-hmm. um, I, I am that person who has obviously been up the top and I've been forced into into an off-season that I didn't want to do and obviously right. um, personal circumstances weakened my, my brain power. Yeah. Um, you know, to shift your goal onto something else. It doesn't have to be f- like permanently... Um, you know, like with me just dropping the weights and putting everything up to higher repetitions to, to keep the blood flowing and to, just to keep going, doing the gym. If you can right. go to the gym, try something at home. Uh, when I didn't have access to anything, I was out walking every day for, you know, for about an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and being outside with your headphones in and just walking is such yeah. an amazing feeling um when you just need to clear your head so i think just shifting your focus and shifting your goals to something else um you know get your if you've got a coach get your coach to to switch up your program a little bit Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know try exercises that you haven't done before you know just keeps your focus a little bit more yeah you bring up a good point too because i mean you know like you said for you know all of us you know COVID hit stuck in the house, you know, here in the States, just watching all of the, you know, um, civil unrest that happened this summer. And then, you know, for you with your personal circumstances, like how, what is, what does your self-care look like? How have you, how have you taken care of yourself um, during all these crazy things that have been happening? Uh, so I have a social media cult every so often. Um, <laughs> I, I I mean, a lot of people who follow me quite closely will notice that I will go ages without posting anything. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like posting three times a day. Right. Um, <laughs> because, and that's just because I just, like my brain needs a break. Yeah. There is always something going on. There's always a drama, especially at the moment because no one's got anything better to talk about right, right. now. So people are, pu- are just poisoning our minds with social media. So I will just not look at it. I will put it down. Mm-hmm. I'll put my phone down. I will read. Um, I've taken a lot better care of my skin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm eating a lot healthier. I am able to see friends and family a little bit more now. And I'm just spending time by myself, mm-hmm. actually, which, again, has been forced. And it's, right. it's the whole COVID lockdown thing has actually been a positive for me. Yeah, It's made me take a step back and think about what's important in my life. Um, 
but self-care is just focusing on myself, skin, hydration, diet, being mm-hmm. outside a lot more. Even when it was snowing, it, we had terrible blizzards, really bad snow, and I was out walking every mm-hmm. day. You just have to, like, not give a shit sometimes. Yeah. Just let it go. Let it go over your head. People will moan and bitch about anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And you just get tired. I was just tired of listening and, and hearing the same rubbish the whole time. Right. right. So I think a lot of my self-care has been uh, putting other things aside. I've, there are friends I've put aside because I'm like, I just can't be dealing with you right now. Right. Social media, no. So yeah, I've been a bit of a, a bit of a bitch to be honest. <laughs> No, it's called having boundaries. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> that's great. Um, what has surprised you most about this this strong woman journey? Um, well, that's a tricky one. I think seeing the empowerment that other women have we've kind of built. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's something that I've never really taken notice of before. You know, other women's strength. You know, bigging each other up, looking after each other, having each other's backs. And this doesn't. Ha- this kind of stops when you get to a certain level of a sport. To be honest, mm-hmm. the support mm-hmm. from your fellow um, athletes kind of stops, and then you you have a target on your back. But people who are, I'm kind of surrounded by outside of that. The empowerment that it brings is actually very strong and it's nice to be part of a community where you are like number one mm-hmm. you know you are the number one species um but i think mainly the exposure that it has brought to the female species i think mm-hmm. that's what surprises me surprises me the most is seeing how much we have evolved um as a community mm-hmm. uh, and having other people sort of take a step back and think actually wow that's really good right it's just been part of something that i never never knew existed five six years mm-hmm. ago I never knew existed so being part of it now is is uh, is great where do you see the sport going in the next few years or where would you like it to go i would love to see it on tv i would love to see women filling arenas I would love to see the sponsorship that the guys mm-hmm. get. I would love to see the prize money. Right. Oh, the prize money. Just, <laughs> I tell you, do you know what? When I won World Strongest Women, I was told there was no prize money. I was like, do you know what? That's cool because I've got this really cool trophy and I'm the winner. Right. I don't care. When I, about a week later, I had a message to say that there was a bit of prize money from whatever. And I said, okay, cool. I was happy. It didn't even cover my flights there and back. But then I found out that the guys had the guys had won like ten times that, and I was like, right, from, right. From, <laughs> this isn't funny, <laughs> you know. Right. Right. We work right. just as hard as the guys, yeah. you know. We are there doing the same events. Some of, sometimes it's heavier than what some of the guys are doing. Uh, so yeah, I hope that the prize money will will be equal. Um. It will grow. It's getting there. It's never going to be. It's never going to be football. It's never going to be uh, cricket. You know, it's never going right. to be as big as that. 
uh, because I think it's still quite a niche sport and because there's so many different events, it's never just kicking a ball or never just, you know, holding a bat. Yeah. It, there are so many yeah. different aspects to strong man, strong woman. Uh, I don't think it's people can't cope <laughs> with that many events on TV long term. But yeah, it's going to get bigger. It'll get there. It won't be in my time. I mean, my time's kind of coming to an end, but, it, you know, definitely be in the next 10 years. It'll be as big as the guys. I hear you. Um, so before we get to the lightning round, so I want to ask you some random questions. This is the fun part where we find out a little bit more about you. Um, what's on your training playlist? Uh, it changes daily. So I will have old school hip hop. Um, my favorite at the moment is Lizzo. I think because of the way wow, that my transition yeah. at the moment with the self-love. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Lizzo. Um, I will have some rock music with the lights off. Um, mm -hmm. oh, it changes, changes a lot. <laughs> okay, okay. What's the one thing you have to have in your gym bag? Mm, lip gloss. I love that. <laughs> I get so dehydrated. So I need to, my lips. I hate having dry lips. So yeah, that's the Do thing. Do you have like a favorite brand or kind that you use, or you just kind of like whatever is on hand? I know, just whatever's there, whatever's in my bag. It's probably old, old and manky, but it's it's in there. <laughs> it works. Yeah. <laughs> so it's your last meal on earth, um, and you can have whatever you want whether that's one dish or a multi-course meal what are you having oh it would have to be auntie's curry goat oh um, i like that no one makes curry goat like auntie <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good yeah. anything else any desserts or anything uh, to be honest, you wouldn't want dessert after Auntie's curry goat, so... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Probably like, some... Yeah, that. just that. Mac and cheese. Oh, some fried dumpling. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's probably... And some coleslaw. Mm, just, yeah, just, just that. Big, lots of it. So what's your <laughs> favourite and least favourite um, event and why? Favourite event uh, would be the deadlift. Mm -hmm. um, I, it's just an event that I've been good at from the very start. I enjoy it. Um, my least favourite event is carrying anything uh, and stones. I have little arms and I can't get my <laughs> I can't get my arms around the stones properly and I just don't like it. Yeah. I don't know why I made me laugh. <laughs> and they call me T-Rex arms. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. So, ha has there been a book that you've read that has um, truly impacted you? Um, I've just recently discovered uh, Maya Angelou, mm, um, okay. actually, and that was after the Black Lives Matter movement. It was suggested to me. Mm -hmm. um, I've only read one, but since then I've kind of followed a lot of quotes um, and things that she's done. Um, yeah, it just opened my eyes again because they're going back to the the whole um, sort of being a, a black person in a in a probably minority area. Just mm -hmm. to, to hear and to see those things, I feel like I've been wrapped up in cotton wool my whole life. 
mm, and to, to see what's actually gone on in around the world or different countries um yeah the, the things that people have faced mm-hmm. because you know over here you don't get taught those kind of things mm. you get told yeah. you know martin luther king had a dream and uh <laughs> nelson mandela you know got put taken to prison that was literally all right. we, we were told <laughs> wow yeah yeah so that, yeah. there's a lot more to history oh than yeah life. well you are in for a treat because she's absolutely one of my favorite authors so you will that will be a fantastic journey um so do you have like a, a pre-lift or you know you're getting ready to you know get into the year event do your thing do you have like a, a mantra or like a little ritual that you go through before you you uh get into, get into it? it um i tend to make myself quiet so i mm-hmm. i tend to put on some headphones take off to go off to a corner somewhere um there's a lot of energy when you're at a competition there's a lot of energy that you can feel and sometimes it's it doesn't turn into positive energy for me mm-hmm. so i will just relax sit and chill in a corner um mm-hmm. i will stretch just you know foam roll um and just ignore everybody uh, and when I, if i'm if i'm in the gym because obviously training by myself has been forced upon me as well i just wait for my heart to start racing mm. um and again i've had to learn to use that as ready to lift rather than right. oh my god this is really scary because right. that, that's right. what it used to be uh so my yeah. my body kind of knows now it kind of lets me know when i'm ready to go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, i like that what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't doing strongman right now or kind of in this space i know you talked about crossfit and um, other things, but what would, what would you be doing outside of this? I don't know. I'd probably still be married and (laughs) living, living, uh, living with the husband. Um, I really don't know. Um, you know, my, my job was, was quite new then when I started, so I'd probably mm-hmm. still be doing that. I've just almost qualified to be a personal trainer, so I you know, may have, probably wouldn't have even started that, to be honest, because that's a sport thing that I was never interested in before. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, okay. All right. So what would today's Andrea tell your 10-year-old and your 20-year-old self? 10-year-old Andrea, you are an amazing child. You will grow up to be an amazing adult. Um, What you see around you now is not your life forever. Things will change. Mm -hmm. Um, 20-year-old Andrea, you don't need to get married to satisfy everybody else's needs. You don't need to have children. You will go on to do great things. You will be mm-hmm. loved. You will be successful. Um, things won't always be this hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will love yourself more than you know. Oh, I love that. What do you want your daughters to remember most about you? Um, that I was a fighter. That I was strong-minded. Um that I, oh God, I'm going to cry. Um, 
it's no one ever asked me questions like that um yeah that mum mum was a mum was a strong woman inside and out strength that mm-hmm. strength isn't always physical mm-hmm. um you know mum was fun mum uh is crazy <laughs> mum does what she wants to do mm-hmm. not what everyone wants her to do and not what she's uh expected to do um and i think what i really want my children and i've kind of look i've kind of taught them to to be that way as well mm-hmm. you know if that's what you want to do go do it don't let anyone stop you within reason and that is that is except for cutting her hair mental love is hard black is strong Andrea is (laughs) that's not a word (laughs) Andrea is amazing I love it A is for amazing A is amazing this has been such a fun conversation. I really, really, really am glad that I got a chance to get to know you a little better. This has been absolutely fantastic. So thank you for, for doing that. And, and everything that you've if you weren't necessarily aware that, you know, you were kind of our representation in this sport, you know, for a lot of, you know, younger Black women and Black women, like just to know that this is absolutely possible, um, you know, it, we I appreciate it. I really do. Um, and before we wrap up here, two things. So number one, where can the peoples find you on the internet? Uh, best place would be our Instagram. So Andrea mm-hmm. Thompson underscore strong woman. Okay. 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 Cool. Really and then um, before we finish up, do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom for our listeners today? Anything you want to share with them that's on your mind? Um, I just want to thank you for inspiring me to continue doing what I'm doing um and thank you for having me thank you for listening to me ramble on because <laughs> um, <laughs> I could talk for Britain um it's been an amazing journey and I hope that it's not going to be over too soon mm-hmm. um it's been a it's been a long hard educational journey for me um and I hope you all have enjoyed seeing what I've accomplished um, and what's to come What's to come? Maybe, maybe CrossFit star. You maybe. Know? I'm going to be the world's heaviest CrossFitter. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, no, seriously, thank you again for joining us. Thank you to our listeners, too, for, for joining us and sticking with us. And hopefully you will get something out of this conversation. I know I did. So thank you. Thank you, Andrea. And uh, 